All right, the book of 2 Samuel tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 17, 2 Samuel chapter 17, thank you for the music, <clears throat> and as you know, in the, in the very near future, we're going to remodel the auditorium, tear the back walls out, and expand, <clears throat> but I have been petitioned very strongly by the music department to get some cordless mics, and so uh, that is on the list. It's always interesting watching uh, the groups get up and down off of the platform, and a couple of them having to jump rope getting from one side to the other, um, and I know some of you are pulling against something bad to happen, and you shouldn't do that, but uh, uh, enjoy the work that's put into the music. Second Samuel chapter 17, <clears throat> I'm going to read one verse of scripture for our text, and then we're going to refer to different places in this chapter. And uh, the Lord put this message on my, my heart very recently, <clears throat> and I've been, this is actually a chapter that I have written in an upcoming book that I'm doing, uh, Satan's Culture. And uh, um, I believe the Lord wants me to bring it tonight. And as I've looked back over the last, oh, several months, it seems like all of my Sunday night sermons have a particular theme to them. And at first it was, you know, you just, Lord, press this upon my heart. I'm going to preach it. The Lord press this upon my heart. But then I was taking inventory of all the messages that I've been preaching. And it was, it was like, oh, uh, there's, a pat, there's a pattern here. <clears throat> and as I began praying about it and thinking about it, I really believe the Lord uh, is, is wanting us to strengthen, always wanting us to grow as a Christian, but really strengthen us. I, I really believe that the Lord is, there's an opportunity before us uh, that we really don't understand the, the, the bigness of the opportunity. Um, the, where the Lord has positioned us, uh, the, the, the climate of our nation, I believe there are people looking for an answer and they're not looking. There's some that they're looking to the government, but I believe there's a whole lot of people uh, who are trying to figure these things out, and I believe they'll readily hear uh, the gospel. Uh, I don't believe the old-time Bible-believing church is a way of the past. I believe it's not only the present, it is the future, as we know, because the Bible tells us it is. And so there's a great opportunity with all of our ministry, so many things the Lord has put together, so many things I don't talk about that much, uh, the ministries that we have, we'll start talking about them uh, more and more in the future. And I'm saying all of that because I believe the Lord has prepared us. The things that we have um, gone through as a church over the last 10 years, all of our different travels and all of our different, uh, I don't even use the word struggle because I don't know how much we've struggled because uh, God has blessed so much to get us to this point. I believe God has been preparing us. Uh, he is getting us to where he wanted us, but he's been preparing us as a people. And these messages are preparing us because as we press forward to do a work for the Lord, there's a, there's a lot of satanic forces that work against the things of God. Like it or not, we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual warfare. Uh, the, those of, for, for the Lord, they press forward carrying his banner. And those that, that are against the Lord, they, they press forward carrying their banner. And we need to understand that the Lord prepares us for what he has planned for us. And I believe these messages are going to help us because uh, there's a lot of things working against the truth of Scripture. And tonight, that's going to be one of those preventative messages, as we've had some preventative messages. And uh, I, always, uh, under, I want to always understand my responsibility to warn us of what sin will do to us. And I want to warn us tonight that sin will destroy us. It will destroy your life. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your home. You need to be aware of that. Um, there, there's things in this world that will destroy you, and we need to be building ourselves up to withstand it. 
And over the last many Sunday nights, I have talked much about the faith and doctrine and the things of the Lord. There is God's truth, and then there's everything else. Truth and error cannot exist together. That Their very natures compete against themselves. You see in our own nation, they don't mean it, but there's politicians and there's those in the media say, where can we find uh, uh, equal ground. Where can we have? We're so polarized, and they'll blame it on Donald Trump, and they'll blame it on, on this person. But there's no coming together. You have one side that believes it's perfectly normal to, as a baby comes out of the womb to kill it, and you have one side that believes that's murder and abomination to God. There's no movement for me, there's no coming to a common ground. As an American, I understand the freedoms we enjoy. I understand how our nation was founded. I'm not moving to the middle to appease those on the far left socialist communists. I'm not moving to the middle. I'm not going to do it. The same is true when it comes to the things of God. There, there's an there's a obvious divide. And the Bible tells us that as we get closer to the Lord's appearing, it's going to become more and more more obvious and it's become further and further apart, it's either you accept Jesus Christ or you don't. There is no middle ground. There is no in the middle. And we in America through the, the centuries now have been blessed because we have had a Christian nation. But we are finding out that God's work uh, is opposed and that the forces will work against us. So I'm saying all that to say, tonight's another one of those messages I want it to be a preventative message for us. I want it to build us. I want it to strengthen us. Um, I don't want one child of God to fall by the wayside. And the devil will use sin to entice. But he will also use that which almost sounds right. The devil comes after, parents understand this, he's after your kids. Um, I want to remind the young adults here, and I know I preach to you a lot, but it's because you're important. Because you're, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if you realize how big of a target you are. You are targeted by the devil. And there are, quote unquote, Christian groups, so-called groups that target Bible-believing young men, young ladies, and try and turn them against their own parents, turn them against their pastor, their Sunday school teachers, and God help you if you allow your heart to be stolen. Uh, and tonight's one of those messages, I want you to kind of let you see some things uh, that we need to be aware of, because I want you to, we don't always see the end of it. And tonight's one of those messages, I want to pull back the veil with Scripture and let you see the end of what takes place when we don't stay true to the things of God. And I've said all that to say, I'm going, uh, I've, I've taken a lot of time to lay that foundation. I hope you got it. Verse number 23 of first, or 2 Samuel 17. <clears throat> and when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order, and hanged himself, and died, 
and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Tonight I'm going to preach a message that I've given this title. When God works against you. When God works against you. Friend, it's a wonderful thing when God works for you. It's a wonderful thing, and I want to remind you uh, that the unseen hand of God is always moving. And there are things that God has already done, we just haven't seen what He has done. It's a wonderful thing to know that God is working for you. But friend, it is a scary thing to think that the Almighty God is working against you. And tonight I want us to see and use the, the, the life of Ahithophel as an example of what takes place when God works against you. Father, I pray that you use the message tonight, may it accomplish your purpose. And Father, may we all be mindful of how quick it is for us to be sitting at the king's table and how far of a fall it is whenever, whenever we don't heed the truths and principles that we should. Father, I pray that you would help your church tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ahithophel, if you know the story of Ahithophel, is a sad character in Scripture. Ahithophel was a man who had privilege. Ahithophel was counselor to King David. And as I read the text tonight, we are Scripture is, is right in the middle of the, 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 the overthrow of King David by Absalom, his son. But Ahithophel was a counselor to David. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a greatly used man, we know that. David was a wise man. David was a, a mighty man. And yet here is a man who gave counsel to David. Think about the privilege. Think about the opportunity. Think about the gifts that this man must have possessed for the fact that David would lend his ear to him. That David, and by the way, one of the great things about David is David would let those around him give him counsel. But then he was the counselor to David. He sat at the king's table, often advising the king. Think about that. What a privilege. What an opportunity to have this relationship with David. He took advantage of this opportunity, no doubt. And you think of David's psalms and his, his alluding and mentioning Ahithophel, he called and considered Ahithophel a friend. Not only did Ahithophel hold this position, that it was an important position of giving counsel to the king, that relationship had developed, that responsibility had turned into a relationship where now King David considered Ahithophel his friend. It's one thing to work together, but then for the king to consider you a personal friend, what a thought that that is. He called and considered Ahithophel a friend, and if you know the story of Absalom's rebellion, when Absalom rebelled against his father, and more than that, he rebelled against the anointed king, Ahithophel made a surprising but very quick choice. Ahithophel betrayed David, he betrayed the king, he betrayed the, the one who, at whose table he sat, he betrayed the rightfully anointed king, and he gave his loyalty, which was not earned, and went against every rule and principle that you could think of, and 
He gave his loyalty to someone who did not deserve it. He gave it to the evil man, Absalom. This is almost too hard to comprehend. If you look at this with a pure heart, how could a man who knew David, who was a counselor to David, who was on the inner circle, if you would, of this king, and the king cared for him, and the king considered him a friend, how could he so quickly allow himself, allow his heart to be stolen, and for him to now betray the king? And if you read the account in this chapter and the previous chapters, Ahithophel does not just say, I'm on Absalom's team. Ahithophel works very hard to destroy David. He pushes Absalom to kill David. His counsel is to go all the way and to kill the king and all those with him to do everything he could to defile the name of David, to defile his kingdom, to defile his legacy. It is almost too hard to comprehend how a man who could sit at the king's table could so quickly go to not just being an enemy, but work hard to destroy everything that the man was ever a part of. How could someone do this? Ahithophel was a source of hurt to David. Ahithophel no doubt gave some credibility to the rebellion of Absalom. I mean, after all, this is the king's advisor, and if he turned on David to support Absalom... Maybe there's something to Absalom's complaints and gripes. How can someone turn on David like this? Let's put it in today's reality. How can someone who once served the king, and I'm talking about the king of kings, how can someone who grows up in a Bible preaching church and has parents that love them and a pastor that prays for them, and others that would invest in them. I'm not just talking about tonight. They, 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 they stumble and they fall and, and, and they struggle to pick themselves up or maybe they're in the far country tonight. I'm not just talking about that. That's tragic enough as it is. But I'm talking about those who have thrown in with the enemy who is working to destroy the very thing that they were once part of. And I bring this message tonight because you may or may not be aware that the devil is working against the church of God. The devil is working against the Word of God. The devil is working against the movement. I believe God is working, and I believe God is doing some things, and I do not believe God is dead. I do not believe the old-time religion is outdated. I do not believe that this book has any less power. I believe God is doing great and mighty things. That is why the devil is working so hard, and I do believe Christ's return is imminent because I believe the devil realizes his time is shorter than it's ever been. We have a promise from God as the church that the gates of hell shall not prevail. That includes governments. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the, the church and the purpose of the church and the power of the church.
the most powerful force on this planet is an empowered church of God. The devil knows that the Lord's protection on the church and the Lord knows that or the devil knows the gates of hell is not going to prevail. I had a pastor, a preacher called me a couple weeks ago, and if I mentioned his name, he's preached here many times, you would you you would know who he is. But he called me as he does from time to time just to talk and just kind of share some things that are on his heart. And he begins to talk to me about a lot of young preachers that he knows who, and I, I, I didn't know what he was going to say, and it just fell in line with some things I preached on. They were sent a link to a YouTube video that would question their faith. There's an active movement of rebellion against the things of God. He began to talk about how burdened he was for these young preachers who they're, 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 they're giving up their Bible they're, 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 get, they're renouncing their pastor. They're renouncing their church. They're renouncing, and what has happened is the Absaloms have gotten to the year of the Ahithophels, and the Ahithophels' hearts are not pure, and they are not loyal to the things they should be loyal, and they look at a wave of emotion, a, a wave of things that are taking place in our country, and they allow themselves to question the things that their pastor said, stay away from that. They've been taught, you don't go down that way. But yet they hear Absalom speak. The mistake that the Ahithophels make is they gave Absalom a, an ear. And the Bible says Absalom stole the hearts of the, of the, of the men of that country. Shame on Absalom. But shame on those men for giving the ear to Absalom. There's never a justification for sitting at the king's table, enjoying the benefits of knowing the king, then betraying the king, and then doing everything in your power to destroy. Let me help everybody this evening. And certainly tonight, I'm preaching to everyone but I want the, the, the young people to listen intently to me. I want those of you that feel that, that God wants you in ministry, I want you to listen closely to me tonight. It, it's one thing to have a disagreement with your pastor. It's another thing to try and destroy him. It's one thing to have a disagreement with your Christian mom and dad. It's one thing to say, well, I don't know if I'm going to rear my kids that way. It's another thing to say, and, and you may be wrong in your, in, your, in your coming to your conclusion, especially since you don't, don't have any kids yet. You know, I, I, I have some disagreements with what, what they have done. That's one thing. It's another thing to try and destroy your mom and dad because they tried to do that which was right. It's one thing to have a disagreement with your church and and you're wrong in this, but to say, I don't want to be in one of those militant-type churches, and, and whether it's all about soul winning, it's all about uh, the separation, it's all about those things, which the Bible's all about, by the way. You're, you're wrong in that, but it's one thing to say, I don't agree with that. I, I, I can be okay with that. I, I, I talk to people all the time that are wrong in their opinion, and, and I'll still love you, and I'll still pray for you, but it's another thing. When you would not exist to renounce what you have, and then try and destroy it. And I'll just 
Just one of those messages tonight, if you ever feel the Lord is leading you to go somewhere else, I wish you would stay. I wish you'd get your heart to where it needs to be. But if he ever does, and you just want to move on, if I, if I see you in public, I'll, I'll wave to you. I'll, I'll be nice to you. But it's a whole other thing if you want to try and burn the place down when you slide out the back door. I want us to see, and sadly, this takes place in our nation. The reason why I have to do some of this preaching that I've been doing is because, it's because the technology that we have in our day. It's because the things that I'm talking about can come right to you. And mom and dad, this is one of those times, let me remind you, you may want to be mindful of what can come to your young person's phone. And there are those that would steal their heart. And I haven't said this in at least a week, so let me say it again. You have a pastor. You're looking at him. There's nobody on YouTube that's your pastor. And by the way, there's nobody across town that's your pastor either. You have a pastor. If you don't want me to be your pastor, there's a, there's a way to go about that. But it's still in the Bible. And there, there are men I would not agree with, but God helped me ever raise my voice against one of God's anointed. That is still in this Bible. Ahithophel is what we see today in those that would work against. It, it's tragic. It is tragic to see a child of God get ensnared with the things of this world and their fellowship hurt. It's heartbreaking to see a young man, a young lady have all the opportunities that this ministry affords, to have all the opportunities that growing up in a Christian home affords, and to end up in the far country. It's heartbreaking. But it's a whole other matter for the Ahithophel. I understand the prodigal not wanting to sit down with the pastor and have coffee. That'd be a pretty convicting thing. I know how the conversation is going to go. Well, would you help me, pastor? Sure. Let's start with Sunday. Well, I'm out Saturday night. Well, stop going out on Saturday night. And you can be where you're supposed to be on Sunday. I understand that. I, I understand the conviction that the Holy Spirit uses through a mom, a, a mom and dad who's still faithful to the things of God when they're not. Just being in the same room brings conviction. But it's a whole other thing. Trying to destroy the very people who've given you their life to give you the opportunity. As this man expressed his concern, he expressed those that he knew that had been enticed in offered things that just would not be true. My mind came to Ahithophel. David flees the kingdom. David leaves his throne and goes into exile. But God had not removed David from the throne. David was still the king in God's eyes, and we know the end of the story, and David is going to be restored to his throne. David flees, and for a while, Absalom was on top. For a while, those that were loyal to Absalom were on the quote-unquote winning side. They had the attention of the people. They had the momentum 
uh, they, they, they seem to be winning the battle. But the Lord began to work against those that rose up against David. And let me say tonight that God works against those that rise up against His Son, rise up against His church, rise up against His Word, rise up against His men. It doesn't matter what political force is behind them. It doesn't matter what technology is behind them. It doesn't matter what media gets behind them. When God works against you, it's just a matter of time. You're going to lose. I find an interesting story here. And enter into the story is a man by the name of, of Hushai. And in chapter number 16, in verse number 16, if you'll turn over just a page or two, he, he's introduced to us in the midst of this rebellion. In verse 16 of chapter 16, well, let's go back to verse 15. And Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. And it came to pass when Hushai, the archite, David's friend, was come unto Absalom, that Hushai said unto Absalom, God save the king, God save the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why winnest thou not with thy friend? And Hushai said unto Absalom, Nay, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I be, and with him will I abide. And again, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son, as I have served in thy father's presence? So will I be in thy presence. Now here's a man named Hushai, and as Absalom takes control of the kingdom, here Hushai, Scripture tells us, is David's friend. Absalom, of course, asks him the obvious question. Well, is this how you show your friendship? And Hushai gives a very politically correct answer. I'm at the service of the people. I'm at the service of whoever is the king. Now we move into chapter number 17, and Ahithophel gives some counsel to, for Absalom to defile the house of David, to defile the man David, to defile his name. And again, if Absalom just has a disagreement with his father, that's one thing. But that's not what is at stake here. That's not the issue. Don't fall in that trap. Well, I just disagree. That gives no cover for trying to destroy is this taking place in our nation? Well, I disagree with... doesn't mean you try and burn down the country because you disagree with something. There's more at stake than just a disagreement. But pick, let's pick up in verse number 5. Ahithophel, first of all, beginning of chapter 17, gives counsel to Absalom, let's get to some men. And David's very vulnerable. Let's track him down, kill him, and put an end to this. He wants to take advantage of David being vulnerable. But, but in verse number 5, Then said Absalom, Call now Hushai the archite also, and let us hear likewise what he saith. And when Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. And Hushai said unto Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel hath given is not good at this time. There's a whole other message in verse number 8 through verse number 14 that, that, it, that will come to the pulpit soon. But we move down to verse number 14. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. 
Now, we'll pick up again in this verse and finish in just a moment. But Ahithophel wants to destroy David. Absalom wants to destroy David. We have this man, Hushai, who Scripture tells us is the friend of David, but yet I'm here to serve the people, gives counsel contrary to what Ahithophel says. If Absalom had listened to Ahithophel, David was vulnerable. Now, God would have protected David in that vulnerability, but he was vulnerable. But for some reason, and we're going to find out in verse 14 what that reason is, he listens to Hushai. Now, we would continue reading in verse 14. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. God used Hushai to work against Absalom. God worked against Absalom. In doing so, he worked against Ahithophel. And we see the beginning of the end for Absalom. We see the beginning of the end for those that rebelled against the king. Because to rebel against God's king was to rebel against God. And there was a time when this is taking place, Absalom is in control. Absalom is on top, but God is working against him. And when God begins to work against, it's just a matter of time till it's all going to unfold, till, till God, God's way is the one that takes place. And so we see God begin to work against Absalom and Ahithophel. We don't have time tonight, but Hushai gets word to David of what counsel has been taking place. Verse number 20, 21, and it came to pass after they were departed that they came up out of the well and went and told King David and said to David, Arise and pass quickly over the water, for thus hath Ahithophel counseled against you. David escapes. That's when we get to our, verse, our text verse tonight, verse 23. When Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city and put his household in order, and hanged himself, and died. And was buried in the sepulcher of his father. How sad to go from sitting at the king's table to a death, an end of a life that nobody cares about. Nobody celebrates. I imagine that if Ahithophel had not betrayed David, when Ahithophel came to the end of his life, David would have celebrated his life. The nation would have celebrated a faithful man. Let me point out some things and let them be as a warning to all of us tonight that we not get our hearts stolen, that we protect ourselves. Say, Pastor, is there something that, you, that, that, that you're aware of that, that we're not aware of? No, there's not, there may be something, but there's nothing that I'm aware of. This is one of those messages the Lord impressed on my heart that before it's needed, I want us to be prepared for it. Before we deal with it, I want us to be prepared for it. Because as we continue to do the Lord's will and to reach people with the gospel, the enemy is going, Satan himself is going to continue to work against us, and I want us to be prepared. Let me make just some observations I see from... The life of Ahithophel when God works against you. Number one, your popularity will come to an end. Ahithophel 
went from celebrity status to no status. He had it pretty good being counselor to the king. But he found for a short time, if he betrayed the king and he aligned himself with those trying to destroy the king, he even got a bump in celebrity status. There were people patting him on the back. They were retweeting him. They were featuring him on podcasts. They were giving him a place of honor. They're talking about how brave he was. They were talking about what a trendsetter he was. They're talking about what an example he was. But Ahithophel found out very quickly how quick your celebrity status ends when God works against you. When you betray the things that have been entrusted to us, as we've been looking at on a Wednesday night, as Paul received from Jesus and passed it to Timothy and said, I'm entrusting you with that, we ought to get the sense of the importance that we have been entrusted with. We can't drop the ball. We can't put that aside. The eternities of others are at stake. And we're going to give an account if we do that. But it is a whole nother level to actually turn against that which we've been entrusted with. God works against those who betray him and work against him. Why are we surprised when those who work against God find that God was working against them? And popularity, your popularity will come to an end. There is some celebrity status as a traitor to the king. Be careful, young people. This is where you got to be careful with social media. And by the way, if if people leave the things that you've been entrusted with, uh, you know, there's 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 a the technology is amazing. Something something that could change your life that you get ought to get very familiar with. It's called the unfollow button. And right after that is the block button. Why we let those who have left the truth of this word rub their sin in our face is beyond me. It's beyond me. And God help us push the like button and help celebrate somebody who's working against the very things that we say we hold dear. That pop, it is, oh, how brave. It's ending. Because when God starts working against you, it's just a matter of time. Second thing I see from this, this is just some real truths from the life of Ahithophel. You'll realize you're not as important as you think you are. You'll realize you're not as important as you think you are. While David grieved, and you could know, you know how bad this was on, on the heart of David, how it hurt David, because in his Psalms he writes about it. It, it hurt him. He grieved over it. It bothered him. But David could get, and he did get another counselor. And we find that once Hushai came on the scene, Hithophel wasn't quite as important anymore. And you will realize you're not as important as you think you are. And oh, those, let me tell you, I've been there, I've, I've been, believe it or not, I've been younger than I am today. You get a young preacher 
who, who, who's, who's man, I want to do something for God, who holds to the things of this book, has been reared in that way, all of the other compromisers come out and they're trying to entice. And there's some lines that I thank the Lord that I drew, and there's some things that God worked in my life to keep me away from those things. But, man, if you could, if you could get somebody like that, that is a feather in our cap. But you're going to realize when God begins to work against you, you're not as important as you think you are. Because you're a means to an end. David actually cared about Ahithophel. David wept over Ahithophel. Absalom did not. Because Ahithophel was not important to Absalom once his value had been realized. Same number two, you will realize you're not as important as you think you are. Number three, please don't miss this. Your uniqueness was your value. Ahithophel was valuable when he was the king's counselor. But when he was no longer the king's counselor, he had no value. That's what made him valuable. That's what made him a target. That's what made him useful to those that were working against the king. He was David's counselor. Think about the story that we've recapped tonight. Along comes Hushai and gives counsel that now Absalom's listening to. Absalom was listening to Ahithophel. Now along comes Hushai and gives counsel that Absalom likes better. So he no longer heeds Ahithophel's counselor. Ahithophel's a counselor. And if nobody will listen to your counsel, you're not special. He was valuable when he sat at the king's table giving counsel to the king that God had placed in his life. Please, especially young people, listen to this. Your uniqueness is what makes you valuable. And when you're like everybody else in this world, you're no longer valuable to this world. Your value is in your purity. Your value is in your position. Your value is in your promise. And once you let this world take it, and once you let them put use your life as a feather in their cap, this pastor is pouring his heart out to me and talking about how they are using these young preachers against their pastors and attacking those churches and how they need to give up their position and give up their Bible. And using them, what they will find out very quickly is they will be discarded uh, once that has run their course and they will find out the hard way that that which made them valuable to those that targeted them was the fact that they were different. The fact that they, they believed they had the Bible. They believed it was God's pure words. They believed it in holiness and separation and soul winning and the truth of Scripture. And once they had the doubt brought in their life and they gave that up, they were just like everybody else. The world targets Christians, especially Christian young people, with sin. And uses that of wanting to just be like everybody else. It'll be a good day in your life, Christian, especially Christian young person, when you realize you don't want to be like everybody else. In your strength... In your value, in your power, 
comes from being different than this world. Many learn the hard way that when they become just like everybody else, they're not special. Once Ahithophel no longer had anything to offer, he was pushed aside. Thank you, Ahithophel. You, we used you to an end. I'm listening to this council now. And what, these, the, what this pastor, he was, he's right. He's saying, well, they're going to find out. And they'll just move on from them and find another preacher. Well, they're going to find out as they'll just move on from them and they'll find and they'll be and they'll be they'll be they'll be a shipwreck and they'll have nothing because now they're just like they're, they're, they're just like everybody else because they've given up their faith. Absalom, as I've already mentioned, he cared nothing for Ahithophel, only for himself. There are those that work are working against God. And I don't care how they package it in this world and it, 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 and I have to remind us because of the, the, the things that we're exposed to today, no matter how they package it, no matter what words they put with it, if you're trying to destroy the very things that God, God is blessing, you are the enemy of God. I don't care if you put Christian or fundamental or Baptist or whatever word you want to put against it, you are working against God. But it's a sad thing when God works against you. And then I give you number four, and we're done. Aren't you happy about that? The fourth statement tonight is very simple. Your end is a sad one. I think of the, the story of the prodigal son. It's one of the saddest stories and one of the happiest stories at the same time. Think about it. It's sad that the son went into the far country and spent his inheritance. It's sad that he wasted years, he wasted life. He wasted, but at the same time, it's one of the happiest stories in the Bible. And while that, that young man was in the far country, the father was on the front porch watching for him, waiting for him. And you find if you study that story, the seat was still at the table for this prodigal son. The chair was still open. And that father was waiting for it. It's sad. And young people, don't go spend your best years in this world. Don't go spend your inheritance in sin. You will find yourself in the pig pen one day. It's a sad story. But only God could turn a sad story into a happy story when you think about the father was waiting. And when the father saw the son... He loved the son. He embraced the son. He restored the son. He put the ring on his finger. He put his robe on him so that whenever he walked around, people knew he belonged to him. He wasn't ashamed of him. And when it came time for dinner time, the seat was still at the table. What a happy story. That's a different story than when God works against you because you're trying to destroy the very things that he's ordained. There's not a happy ending there. We've read our text. He hangs himself. He does that because he realizes nobody cares. He can't go back to David. If David took him, he knows the men around David. He knows his days are numbered. 
God works against him, and it's a sad ending. Friend, when you attack the things of God, you go against the things of God. And, and I preach this because if you give up the truth, there's only one recourse you can take, and that's to attack the truth because you have to justify your own actions. The church has got to be bad and wrong. Otherwise, you would be wrong for leaving. There's got to be a problem with the man of God. Otherwise, you would just be a backslidden Christian. There's got to be a problem with how mom and dad reared you. Otherwise, you'd just be an ingrate. You're not celebrating that on Facebook. But see, when you're trying, it's one thing to, to be fall into those things, that in, in, and that's horrible in itself. But to work against the very things that God has ordained, God is going to work against you. And I, and I end like this, just the conclusion to the story. It's a sad ending for Ahithophel. It's a sad ending for Absalom. But David gets his throne back. Because God had ordained that David was king. And what God ordains, man cannot overthrow. The message that I mentioned will come to a pulpit later is part of Hushai's testimony about what kind of man David was and about the kind of men that were around David. And his counsel was, you better be very careful before you chase David into the wilderness. Because let me remind you who he is. I say that to say, don't be intimidated by the Ahithophels. Because the king's taking his throne one day. The king's taking back what is rightfully his. There's no shame in saying, I have the words of God. I believe they're the words of God. I'm not giving them up. There's no shame in saying, I still believe that God's church is God's church. I still believe God's way is God's way. I still believe holiness is in the word of God. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't be intimidated by all those who would turn and try and destroy the very thing that created them. Because it's a sad ending for them. But David got his throne back. Because you cannot overthrow what God has ordained. This is a message tonight that I hope to be a, a preventative message, a warning to us. But also, I believe one of the strengths of our church has been through the years, certainly prior to me, but certainly th th through my time as pastor, I have not been afraid to teach some things that I see in Scripture that are relevant to the day at hand. So that when we're exposed to things, we can look through the prism, look through the lens of Scripture and say, okay, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. I know why they're saying that. And hopefully, the Lord just keeps everything smooth sailing. We know the more the Lord blesses, the more the devil's going to work against us. And Christian, the more you grow in grace, the more you grow as a child of God, the devil's going to work against you. Be very careful of the Absaloms. Before Lot became one of the saddest stories in the Bible, that whole story, that whole sadness, that takes place long before Lot ever stepped foot in Sodom. He pitched his tent towards Sodom because his heart was there. He let his heart be enticed.
We preached this morning on the Apostle John. And why did John act the way he acted? Because he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus more than his own life. He loved Jesus more than his own well-being. He loved the Son of God. Be very careful of letting the Absalom steal your heart. God will deal with the Absalom. But it's a tragedy to see a Christian pulled away and trying to hurt the very things. And that's, that's, you know, let's put this in, in, in a secular example. That's why we're troubled by so many things that take place in our nation. Because we have athletes who are multi-millionaires cursing the very nation that enabled them to be a multi-millionaire. I don't know if that rubs you the wrong way. It does me. We get upset at them. It's the same thing. When somebody who will grow up, and this is, and I hope you never have to deal with this, but there are some today that they know better. And I got to, I just want to stay locked in and be very careful not to get too wound up about this because it bothers me. Mom and dad prayed for them. Mom and dad sacrificed for them. Mom and dad did things for them. And now they publicly talk about how they felt like mom and dad abused them because they wouldn't let them go out on Friday night. And this is more prevalent than you would realize. Mom, mom and dad insisted I dress different than everybody else. Let me be re- real blunt. If you're a young lady and your, your, your mom and dad don't let you dress like this world, why in the world would you complain about that? Have you seen the way this world acts? Have you seen the way that this world treats people in general, but especially young ladies? Instead of cursing mom and dad because they required you to be different, you got to be thankful they required you to be different. Young people, don't, you ought to be practice gratitude every day. You're not always going to understand mom and dad. Sometimes mom and dad are going to make a judgment call, and if they could look back on it and redo it, they might would redo it. But if they're making decisions based on this book, you ought to be thankful for that. Some of the best things they can ever do, mom and dad, some of the best things you can ever do for your kids is say no. Well, can you tell me why? Okay, what, what do you say next? Because I said so. <laughs> I hated it when I was a kid because I said so. And I'm like, I don't know what it means. I don't know the full ramifications of it. But as soon as I have a kid and we brought Alyssa home from the hospital, she's in the car seat. And I just kept yelling back at her, because I said so. <laughs> and she listened to me then about like she listened to me the rest of her life. But sometimes you just have to say no. You ought, to, you ought to thank God you had parents who tell you no and do their best by you. You ought to thank God for that. You ever have a, dis- you ever have a disagreement with them? Don't even express it. Have some gratitude. Because when you become a, a parent yourself, you're going to understand some of the battles, some of the things you face. 
And if you'll permit me, some of the messages I preach, I'm sure some don't always like them. But you ought to be thankful you got a pastor who's at least man enough to say it. I'm okay if you don't like it. There's sometimes I don't like it. I'm okay if you have a disagreement. I'll still love you. I pray you still love me. And we'll both look into this book and see what God says, and we'll come to God's conclusion on it. But I, I don't demand that everybody sees things my way. I just say that we ought to see things God's way. But if you have a disagreement with me, that's fine. That's a little bit different than trying to destroy that which you disagree with. What I be thankful for those that we have. I'm thankful for those in my life who have been a, a good influence to me. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for those preachers who are in heaven now who have influenced me. I'm thankful for me like the Dr. Jack Hiles. I'm not ashamed, no matter what this world, no matter what these rebels say, I'm not ashamed to have been trained underneath Dr. Jack Hiles. I thank God that I got to know and have a relationship with Dr. Al Lacey before he went to heaven. Champion of the King James Bible. And all these critics who say, this person came to this conclusion, this person, they don't know what they're talking about. I thank God for men like Dr. Lee Robertson. And I can even go back before those men that I ever heard preach, who I never heard preach, and they were on this earth before me. I thank God for the stands they took. Are y'all ready to go home? Okay, here we go. I don't like, I don't, I don't, I hate what's going on in our nation about cursing our founding fathers. Uh, I'm thankful for the heritage I have. If I have a disagreement, I'm not going to curse those who help create what I've enjoyed. You know, I thank God for men like Benjamin Franklin, who, he was a mean dude. He was brilliant, but he was mean. But I thank God that he stood for things that he believed in. See, there's something wrong when we try and destroy that's what we've benefited from. Nothing wrong with that. God help us to ever be that way. I thank God for the blessings. And I hope we get an understanding of the miracles that God has done in this church even this year. And the miracles that he's going to do. God has done some things, and when it's all said and done, the only thing that's going to be able to be said is God did that. That'll be the only explanation, God did that. And I, quite frankly, I'm okay with that because it is obvious that God does a work. But it's a whole different thing for God to work against you. And friend, let's work hard. Mom and Dad, you rear those children according to this book. Sometimes you may feel like you're the only one, will be the only one. You hold to those Bible principles. Church, we've got to hold to what we've been handed. We've got to continue down the same path. God help us to 
Stay true to this book. Father, I pray you'll use